Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. So since we're talking NFL free agency, that is our top story of the day here on 9870 ESPN. And we begin with Dan Graciano, who was on with Barton Hahn earlier today. They're on Monday through Friday from 1 to 3 here on 987 ESPN. Ryan Tannehill agrees to a four-year deal with the Titans worth up to $118 million. So the boys asked Dan, does this deal affect Brady's market? The Titans were thought of as a potential destination for Brady. His connection with Mike Grable, so obviously taking them out of it reduces the size of his market. I still think there is one. I still think there are multiple teams that are going to, take their shot here. I believe Tampa Bay is one of them. I don't think we can rule out the Los Angeles Chargers just yet, and there may be more. And, of course, there remains the possibility that he goes back to New England. But, um, yeah, Tennessee was thought of as a destination. San Francisco was thought of as a destination. Neither one of those seems viable at this point, and, uh, and we wait to see uh, what Tom Brady wants to do. He's played it very close to the vest. He doesn't seem to have leaked anything or let too many people know what he wants to do. Meantime, the Patriots are – you know, franchising the guard and uh, and re-signing some guys and kind of soaking up some cap room that they might need for Brady. So, yeah, I think it's um I think it's it's going to be interesting to see. But I think I, I would not be surprised at this point if there's a team out there other than the Patriots that he ends up uh, that he ends up signing with. Yeah, our poll doesn't agree with him. Our poll seems to think that it's definitely the uh, New England Patriots. He's going back there. A lot of folks, according to the poll, think it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those who hit me up on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN and at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. A lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We had the Raiders on the poll, but now that they appear to have come to terms with uh, another quarterback, I don't think that will be the case. It looks as though that Marcus Mariota is going to be either the backup or the signal caller, starting signal caller for the Las Vegas Raiders this season. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is no longer in Texas. Nope, he's headed to Arizona, along with a 2024 round pick for running back David Johnson, a 2022 round pick and a 2024 round pick. Dan Graziano was asked, did Hopkins for Johnson make sense based on maybe salary? Oh, yeah, not the David Johnson part of it. We knew they were going to try and unload him because uh, they, they transitioned to Kenny and Drake. They weren't going to pay both those guys. But DeAndre Hopkins going back to Arizona, that was a that was the headliner. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things you, you hear, but you don't really believe it'll happen. Like, oh, Texas could move DeAndre Hopkins. But, uh, you know, he's got three years left on his contract. He's making about $12, 13000000 a year, the way below market value for a receiver. If he was unhappy in Houston, they get a second-round pick back along with David Johnson. Houston's made a lot of trades the last couple of years that have cost them early-round picks. Uh, they might be trying to replenish. Uh, I think it's shocking for a lot of people. We'll see what else Houston does at wide receiver. Um, we all know this year's draft is deep at wide receiver, but um, you know the Texans don't have a first-round pick. All right, so that's Dan Graziano on with Barton Hahn here earlier today on 98.7 ESPN. Over the weekend... The CBA was voted and passed, but by a little slimmer margin than a lot of us thought. Danilovsky, our quarterback guru here at ESPN, was on SportsCenter. He was asked, why do you think it passed? Because it was right for the NFL. It was right for the majority of the NFL and its players. Um, I understand. You know what? That's a lie. I can't understand where those big-name players are coming from because I've never been in their shoes. I've never been the guy that made – 
the 10, 15, $20 million contract. I've been like the great majority of the NFL. That was a year-to-year, making minimum or a little bit more than minimum salary type of player. And all those extra, all the extra opportunity now that those guys have to make money, there's going to be more guys on teams, more guys available for game day, more money going into their pocket. And so I think that everyone had to take a step back and look at the reality of what the league is made up of. The league is driven by its stars. There's no doubt about that. But if the league runs on the workers of it, the, the grinders of it, and um, the, the guys that are making those minimum salaries, and at the end of the day, when you looked at the big picture of everything, this passed because it was good for who is the bloodline of the NFL, and that's the guys that aren't making the gajillion of dollars in salary. No question about it. And that's why you knew the CBA was going to pass. The interesting thing is still a number of those guys, all right, still didn't vote for it, which is interesting. All right. Because you knew they would because they can't afford to strike. They, 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 financially, they would be in big trouble. So that's why you knew the CBA was going to go. Lorenzo Alexander is a linebacker for the Buffalo Bills in the National Football League. And he was asked on SportsCenter, how do you see the CBA impacting NFL players? Um, I think it's going to have a you know positive impact depending on where you come from, and then also have some um, I guess status quo. I mean, if you look at some of the guys that have um, wanted tax change, wanted guaranteed money, those are some of the things that we weren't able to gain. But through our increased revenue share that we we're able to, to negotiate, be able to raise the minimums, be able to increase the benefits, will definitely impact. Um, I think the majority of our players, that sixty-five percent that we talk about, that are on minimum deals. Um, but obviously, um, it was very contentious. Uh, the great part about it, I think this, this deal was done much better as far as the communication with players, unlike the 2011 deal, where I don't think the participation was as high or voices wasn't as heard as much. And so I'm pleased in that aspect. And, and obviously, our men spoke, and it was a, it was a tight vote, and uh, we decided to ratify the deal. But does the CBA do enough, Lorenzo, for player safety? Um, I, I think we could have went a lot further um, um, in player safety. Um, there's a lot of signs out there, obviously, and we're always trying to go the best way of that. But I think there's a lot of things that we could have pushed back further in, in that regard as far as making sure guys were safe, um, whether it's pushing the, the, the bye weeks back, maybe adding a bye week, uh, reducing uh, even more padded practice, especially in training camp. Um, giving more guys more time off in the offseason since now we're adding another game. That, so that's cutting into guys off time, mm-hmm. relaxation, be able to recharge. And then also on the benefit side, as, as I said before, making sure that the benefits that players uh, negotiate these deals, there isn't a ton of red tape um, and, a, and, a, and a process that is um, more seen as a barrier for guys to be able to get line of duty, to get TNP, um, to receive their workers' comp. Uh, based on injuries that they suffered in this league. And so those are things that we hopefully will be able to continue to push forward um, because those guys are normally our most vulnerable men, uh, especially the guys that are on TNP, and we want to make sure that we're able to continue to um, make sure their lives aren't impacted as much um, based on this deal, which some of those men and their families will be. The NFL has canceled public events surrounding the draft next month in Lost Wages, Nevada, because of concerns over the coronavirus pandemic. The league still plans to proceed with the draft April 23 through 25 and televise the event. Let's move to NCAA action. As we told you, Rick Patino is your new head coach for the Iona Gales. He also was on Barton Hahn today, and he was asked, is there a risk to the Patino hire? 
Well, I think there is. I mean, I, I have talked to people and, and uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been in communication with people who say, you know, he's a, a so-and-so, can't believe they hired him. Uh, that's understandable, you know, um, and, and people have a right to that, to that opinion. Um, and maybe they're justified. But I also know that, you know, in lo- losing the Louisville job and going over to Greece and coaching professionally over there and, you know, Alan, I know international hoops pretty well. Yep. It, it sounds great, but it's a long way from, you know, from home, if you will. Yeah. It's a long way from, uh, you know, all the restaurants he probably enjoys in Manhattan and Westchester. I, I think it's humbling for him that he's going back to Iona. But I also get that, hey, at 67, he's accomplished everything in coaching he possibly could. He went out uh, with a bad taste in his mouth. That investigation is still not over yet at Louisville and other places, so we'll have to see what comes of that. But it's, I think it's humbling for him to go back to Iona. At the same time, it's refreshing that a guy that's in the Naismith Hall of Fame would be willing you know, to go back uh, to a place like Iona. It, Iona, it would be equivalent to – you know, if Bill Parcells decided to go to UConn and turn the football program around there. Hmm, interesting. So, Fran, does this allow Iona to take the next step? I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Gonzaga-like because that just, that was organic. That happened over the last 20 years, and now they are a, near a blue blood. When you talk about college basketball they might not be duke or kentucky but they're awfully close yeah i think rick's going to build a really solid uh program that competes for that title every year gets into the ncaa tournament and uh i think it'll be a lot of fun for for new york area i i think it's great to have another great coach coaching college basketball i love what kevin willard this year did i, I like what mike anderson's doing at st john's i think this is uh if you're a college basketball fan you got to really like this Sounds like you think it's a home run for Iona. This is a home run for Iona. Uh, you know, Rick Pitino, Rick Pitino coached the Knicks. He coached the Kentucky. He's used to this kind of uh, pressure, if you will, if you call coaching at Iona pressure. Look, Tim Clewis is arguably maybe Speedy Morris, the, the great coach at LaSalle, when they were in the MAC. Tim, but Tim Clewis is likely the most successful, best head coach to ever coach in the MAC. I get that. Uh, he, deser- he deserves all the accolades he's getting, but. Rick's not worried about that. He can put his feet down. He's got his, you know, he's got roots in this area. Recruits are going to flock to him. He'll get transfers. He'll get grad transfers. Kids that just want to play for him. And um, I, I see no downside. Um, yes, does he make mistakes? Does he have some skeletons? Absolutely. But uh, as I always say in coaching, he who is without sin cast the first stone because we got Hall of Fame coaches in, in, that have been through NCAA probation. So what's different here? I think Rick will be great there. I'm not even close friends with the guy. I just think it's a home run hire. Well, we'll see what happens. It's a home run hire now, but if he doesn't win, it won't be, right? You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.